Hello and welcome to Twitter Travels for Pete, my adventure of meeting Pete Buttigieg supporters across the country. I'm your host, Sue Ann Rollins. Hi everyone, yesterday was a blizzard in Minneapolis, so I decided it wasn't a very good time for me to be traveling. What a great time for me to do something different though. Let's turn the tables. Since I haven't had a chance to talk about my Pete's story, my husband Steve is here to interview me. Hi Steve. Hello. Thank you so much for doing this. So you of course are experiencing all of this with me and uh, being a very good sport about it all. And listening to the podcast and being in the first one. Yes, you were in the first one. The, yeah, the launch. From Studio A. Yeah, Studio A. Also I, known as our dining room. Yeah, we're back in Studio A right now. And uh, it's below zero right now. I think it's 23 below zero wind chill. So also a good time to just stay inside, hunker down, and do a podcast. The trips to... Mason City, Iowa have been canceled. We were going to be, yeah, we were going to be door knocking tomorrow, but we can do it. We can do phone banking tomorrow. So we're going to have fun. And the Minneapolis folks were doing phone banking uh, today, too. So everybody, all hands on deck for Iowa. Sue Ann, you've been very good in your podcasts and learning about how people got involved in the campaign and the tasks like putting together a flash mob dance and organizing in Virginia and Maryland and, and uh, D.C. area. But you, uh, you're good about asking the essential question, why? why? What's your Pete story? What attracted you to Pete Buttigieg to begin with? Well, I'm going to have to go back to the March town hall, the CNN town hall, and a lot of people uh, I've interviewed have said that's the moment that and they first thought. when was that, that CNN that town hall? March... I don't know the date for sure. I don't want to be... Not even a year ago. Not even a year ago. Well, it was that uh, sort of a jaw-dropping moment when uh, really the first answer that he gave to a question, uh, it was regarding immigration. I don't even know what the question was, but his answer was so beautifully simple. He said, immigrants are part of our community. We have to take care of our communities. And I was... So amazed by that answer because first of all, politicians don't don't talk like that. I mean, he consistently frames things in a way that nobody else does with such insight and such dis- decency. I work with immigrants. I teach ESL to uh, adults. It's long, advanced level. How long have you been teaching? So this is my nineteenth year. Yeah, nineteen years, and I'm advanced. English. And the reason I say that I teach advanced level is because that way, you know, um, they can talk to me. They write essays for me. We have discussions. And I feel like I know them very well. And all of the anti-immigrant sentiment that's out there is infuriating to me because I believe that most people who are expressing those views actually don't know any immigrants personally. And mm-hmm. I know many uh, so for Pete to say something so profound about Im- immigrants, and yes, they are in our community, and I've seen that. They have jobs, they live in apartments, have houses, and their kids are in school, and uh, that's the reality of it. 
So, of course, uh, at that moment, I'll, also, I, I got that feeling of, okay, this is a special candidate. This is a once-in-a-generation person. I just was glued to him and feeling like, oh, is this what people felt like when JFK first came on the scene? So I thought, I'm going to follow this guy. <laughs> I was just had to, to go down that rabbit hole that we all talk about in uh, looking at all the videos, watching any kind of interview that he was doing. And I also went to the campaign website and signed up. I made my first donation and said, yes, yes, I want more information. And I also watched his uh, um, announcement speech officially announcing his run run for president. And that was in South Bend. And I remember it was a Sunday and I was I was watching it on TV and I couldn't wait for the for him to be introduced. And there were a lot of speakers before him. And I remember thinking, wow, because I was following on Twitter too. There was so much energy for him. And I remember emailing my friend saying, watch Pete Buttigieg because there is something there. And I think he's going to get the nomination. So I'm on record for that anyway, back in April. Early adopter. <laughs> yes, early adopter, adapter, whatever. Uh, no, adopter. That's, that's right. Anyway, then the campaign sent me um, a heads up that Pete was going to be in town on May 2nd. And oh, so I think it's only... In Minneapolis. Yes, he was in Minneapolis. And I think it was only because I had checked that I wanted more information about anything happening in my area. So that was May 2nd, and I thought, oh, I have to go. I have to go. I don't know who I'm going to go with, so I, I just got two tickets. And I didn't know if you could go, Steve. And you were not able to go that night. I think you had a meeting. So um, a friend of mine who is pol politically active, Lori, uh, went with me, the fine line downtown. And I got to see Pete in person and the front of the line. And so, that, you know, it struck me immediately now, the, the reason it's, it's great to see a candidate in person is you can, you can judge, I think, fairly accurately if how much they're really putting on that persona of, I'm a politician and I'm here for all your attention. Because you could see them close up. The fine line, tell us about the fine line. It's not an auditorium or a stadium. It's an intimate Right, it's setting. a music venue, a small music venue. It's a big open space. It was, well, I mean, not as big. I don't know what the... How many people were there? Something like night? a nightclub downtown yeah. Minneapolis. Smaller. So I was close enough. I guess I could have grabbed his pant leg. No. <laughs> <laughs> but what struck me right away is like, he's authentic. The way he was as he got on, up on the stage and watching him when he left the stage and that was the same person. And so humble and appreciative of the audience. But I also really really enjoyed everything he had to say, made so much sense. It was very positive. And from that point on, I don't know, things are kind of a haze because I've been following following his campaign. And 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 lately what I'm really drawn to, this is the why Pete part, is he talks so much about community and bringing people together. And he seems to be the only candidate who's reaching out to moderates and even Republicans, who he likes to call future former Republicans. <laughs> But realizing the reality of the of the landscape right now, that we're so divided, and how can we get anything done unless we do work together? And 
How are you're we not interested in somebody more polarizing than that? That would just say, "To hell with the Republicans. We're just going mm-hmm. because you're I, left." I don't think we can get anything done. We'll just be in gridlock like we are now. And uh, Pete gives me hope in that he show, shows that he can work with other people, and that's where the the mayoral experience comes in. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people. Yeah. really downplay that or, or disparage that, saying mm-hmm. that, well, he's only been a mayor, but really what he brings is that experience of having to get things done and with all, all kinds of people, different viewpoints and different factions, but as Which comes mayor. comes out in his book so well, yeah. Yeah, you just still have to get things done. So mm-hmm. you can't just like send a bill to the Senate and then it just sits there. No, you know, things yeah. have to get done. And... um He's been able to do that. I get this feeling that he's a real servant leader. He brings people together and to work on the problems. And that he then serves as the, you know, facilitator role. And also, like, where can we get the funding that we need for this project? So it's bringing all those pieces together. At the fine line, he was introduced by our former mayor, Betsy Hodges, who knew him from mayors, uh, the mayors yes. conventions, the mayor get, when all the mayors of the U.S. get together. Right, I didn't know that the, the mayors, well, I, I think I knew that mayors of ma- major cities got together, but I didn't know that they worked on projects together, and no. they had worked on a, yeah, I didn't know a, that a project together. Okay. So they knew each other Neat. really well. So that was nice to see. But I've seen him in person three times since then and um, each time is a little different but I'm, I want to back up because I read Shortest Way Home yeah. his book, book and mm-hmm. then I wanted to go to South Bend Sure, of course I had to go to South Bend so now is a good time for me to say in case anyone listening hasn't read this on the synopsis I, I have a flight benefit through Steve's former job Northwest and then Delta we're considered retirees now at our young age. But uh, the reason that's important is that's why I can fly around, but it's also why I get stranded places because it's <laughs> <laughs> space available. So um, sometimes there's there's no space available for me. You're saying you, you don't have priority with the, uh, what is your priority status? M- my priority is- Is it a negative uh, number? No, it's, it's S3B, uh, yes, something like right. that. Stand by. Employee travel. Great when it works. Right. But uh, why wouldn't I want to go to South Bend? I mean, it would be yeah. a crime if I didn't go to South Bend if I could, since I could fly for free. It's our part of the country, kind of. So it's, it's been amazing to, to... I've been to South Bend three times. And the good thing about the flight benefit of the many benefits of the benefit is that I'm able to build friendships and nurture relationships because I can return. I can right. see that person again. So I went in July and met up with three Twitter friends, Joy, Letty, and AJ. And, um, you know, if that would have been the only time, okay, fine, it was nice meeting you, you know, have a nice life. But knowing that I was planning to come back made a difference. And plus, you know, being on Twitter all the time, chatting with them helped too. So I, I did go back with uh, the mayor's chief of staff. Was it mm-hmm. deputy chief of, chief deputy of staff? Chief of staff. Yeah. 
Laura O'Sullivan. Everybody in South Bend is, is so friendly. So it was also uh, led to the podcast itself. Tell us, how did you decide to start a podcast? How did you go about doing it? Hey, you're right. That's how it led to the podcast. It's very much South Bend related. And I mm -hmm. love the fact that the podcast is South Bend related. Good Guy Pete podcast is very popular. And that's run by Mike Ryan and Michael Ryan and Letty. They do a podcast about uh, Pete as mayor and how he's been as mayor. Is uh, it so, three people, Michael, Ryan, and Letty? Yep, did you say? they're the okay. three hosts. Okay. And so I knew that Michael had a podcast production company, consulting and production company, uh -huh. and that was the angle on that. And I thought uh, the second time I was in South Bend for the opening, I had some, some free time because I have to fly in early to make sure I get there. And I thought, you know, I've always wanted to know about doing a podcast. I'd like to meet up with Michael Yoder and, you know, just see if there are any possibilities for me. Now, mind you, I had no idea of how I was going to do a podcast, and I really didn't think I was going to be doing Twitter travels for Pete at that point. I have a website and a blog that's before now been apolitical called Susie Young at Heart, and I write about friendship, and I travel and meet online friends in person. So that's sort of my hobby. So I thought, well, maybe I'll do something with Susie Young at Heart and a podcast. Well, I met with Michael and it just sounded so just perfect fit for me uh, to do uh, something someday. And, he, and uh, at the end of our meeting, he said, well, how likely are you to want to do this, you know, in the near future? And I said, well, I'm very likely to do it, but I don't know the timing on it because I didn't know what what this plan would be. And in the next week, probably, I had the the epiphany. You know what? All of the people I'm meeting online right now are Pete supporters, and I'm traveling to meet them. I might as well interview them about why Pete and what they're doing in their uh, volunteer organization for Pete, where they live. And then I might as well do it like as soon as possible because anything before the, the Super Tuesday is, is really important. I thought, well, maybe this could help. Maybe people could use it for relational organizing and, and you know, why not? Because the seconds are ticking. The seconds are ticking. Not just November, but February and March. Right. Just around the corner. I know. So you were on a... You, you were on a roll and a timeline, and you had to move fast. I had to move fast. And Michael's been great about uh, consulting. And, There's a uh, lot of details. It's more than just recording. It's editing and putting it somewhere. Right. So Michael handles all that, and uh, I had to record my intro and outro and pick music and do the recording and, oh, and buy my equipment. So then it was like, okay, who should I, who should I interview? Well, there's no shortage of people to interview in my mind. So it's more of a, like, how can I schedule all this in? And um, so we started with Minnesota because I thought that's my home base. That's what I, I should do first. And uh, so it's been, 
it's been kind of wild, and I know that I'm gone a lot. Thank you for being so understanding. That's about very that. interesting, and the uh, uh, the equipment's cool, compact. You can you can take this. The TSA hasn't confiscated it from you yet. You put together a nice uh, carry-on case for. Tell us about like the yeah. So I've setup. got this. I've got this uh, unit that's about. I tell people it's the size of a brick. It's really the microphones that that take up the most space and weigh the most. So I have four four microphones that will plug in. And actually, once the TSA they they pulled the bag aside because all oh. the microphones were together and they couldn't tell what it was. Oh. So after that, then uh, you know, ever since then, I've been taking the microphones out and taking everything out separately. So it's, 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 it's not... It really today. takes a lot because of the, uh, the logistics are far from easy. You're not interviewing your neighbors. You have to arrange to meet people who are, say, in Washington, D.C., mm -hmm. Des Moines, South Bend a couple of times. Um, a, lot could, a lot could go wrong. I know, and believe me, um, I worry about that each time. And then I think it must be the magic of Pete that everything worked out. <laughs> Although I didn't get on one of my flights. So the first time it happened, I was going to uh, interview Catherine McHenry in uh, Coral in Iowa City, and I couldn't get on my flight. I felt so bad. So I guess um, that's the reality of it. And what are your thoughts about like some uh, some people might say, well, just do it over Skype, you know, or remote. Tell us about remote versus being with people. Well, as I've said to you before, the name of the podcast is Twitter Travels for Pete. So I like my criteria. Um, if possible, somebody I've met on Twitter and I'm traveling to meet them in a person. And, and even if that means... Uh, driving out to somebody here in the Twin Cities, like, was it Elise? Elise, but Elise. I, I'm a friend on, of hers on Twitter, yeah. and she traveled, so. Right, ah. that's right, yeah, you've got all angles, because in that case, she traveled to London with the, the expat mm -hmm. Pete supporter community. Right. What have you learned from doing the podcast so Of course, far? I'm, you know, what's really interesting. I try not to prep too much for it, as in ask them a lot of questions ahead of time. Um, for the first interview, Minnesota interview, I had all these notes and I wanted to go in this order. And, you know, it it, it turned out all right. But, but I felt personally that it was harder for me to be engaged with the conversation because I was paying more attention to my list and what I was supposed to be doing next. So then I decided to do a more authentic, just conversation, natural kind of, you know, give and take. Of course, no Where you participate more, you mean? Yes. And also that I've got, I've got questions in my mind and I know where I want the, the conversation to go. But other than that, uh, it kind of has a life of its own. And, and uh, if you've listened to all of them or a lot of these, um, a lot of them go 50 minutes long. And mm. when I start recording, I think, oh, it's only going to be 15 minutes. <laughs> but, but it ends up taking its own, taking on its own life. And I learned so much from the people I'm interviewing that there's always something that I, I didn't, I never knew 
about that something that their group is doing or something that's in in their life. And then also the why Pete stories. I thought, okay, well, they're basically only three why Pete stories that I thought I would hear over and over again. But no, everybody's got something different. And I really enjoy hearing the why Pete's. But aside from the actual interview and what I'm I'm learning from people in the interview, just traveling places and meeting people is always always great. And that's why I think, wow, Pete is attracting so many people who've never been in politics before. Mm-hmm. And I like to call I like to call us everyday people that, you know, there's a pretty deep pool of people like this in, in this country that that um, he can attract and and bring out. And also that's the sense of community too, that these are people just everywhere. We're so different, but so alike. And that's what he also says, we have the same values. So to be able to think in those terms as I'm traveling, yes, we're so different and so alike. Uh, So the Minneapolis, St. Paul is a major metropolitan area. That's what I'm used to. I'm used to a big city. And people don't think of Minneapolis, St. Paul as being like Chicago, but I mean, we're not quite big as Chicago, but we're a major metropolitan area. So when I travel to smaller markets, um, it's, I can feel it. I can feel why people who are from smaller cities or small towns or rural areas that they I feel left out. They feel left out or they feel different. They feel like, well, they're not uh, passed over. And when they talk about the coastal elites, I mm. don't know. Do they feel like they're being looked down uh, Like you upon? mentioned, the, the twin towns of Omaha and Council Bluffs, Bluffs yeah. Iowa. Mean, yeah, the big difference there going across. Um, I mean, Omaha, as far as airports, it's really nice to go into an airport like South Bend or Omaha. It's like so uh, stress-free mm-hmm. <laughs> compared to uh, Minneapolis Airport, which is crazy, crazy, huge and busy. Um, but I like, it's, it's, it's hard for me to explain exactly everything that, you know, my takeaway from being You're learning smaller. about America throughout this, a this geography is, and smaller towns. And like South Bend, I think it's fair to say, was not on your radar. No, it wasn't on my radar at all. <laughs> and it's really, March. really a lot smaller. You've learned a lot about it, about the, uh, uh-huh. the river walk and improvements of the downtown and so forth. And you've been to Omaha, which is right across from Council Bluffs, Iowa, and of course the Iowa caucuses uh, are coming up and you've and done I, I door did, knocking there. I did door knocking. Tell us about that because you may have noticed it's cold here in the mm-hmm. Midwest this January and you were... I thought it was cold there. Uh, uh, it was like a five below wind chill. So I, I don't know. So Wes was uh, my my chauffeur, I should say, uh, and Wes was in the Omaha episode. And uh, so door knocking, he drove, I, I flew to Omaha, stayed in Omaha, and then on that Saturday he picked me up and drove me over, and then we, we attacked a, a list, a door knocking list together. You had a Democrat-leaning list of Yeah, we, we didn't have to do any to... door knocking on the uh, 
Republican door knocking. It's always iffy, though, because the list could be wrong. Actually, I, I had one one house that um, the husband answered the door and said, oh, that's my wife. And he said, I'm the Republican. I said, <laughs> oh, go. so you cancel each other out? And he goes, yeah, ha, ha. <laughs> but door knocking and, and Council Bluffs was a great experience for me, too. Um, it's definitely smaller city, quiet, more rural. Did just you get a, a lot of people who just don't answer the door or not home or? Did you have much It's hard to tell if they were home or not. I, it had snowed the night before, so I was trying to ascertain uh, based on footprints. things like footprints, tire tracks, shoveling. But they were so kind to um, usually open the door and let me come in. Let you come in into their house? Yeah. That is kind. Yeah, so that would be something that's maybe more a smaller city. Welcoming. Yeah. Welcoming than... And I don't think um, in Minneapolis you'd be invited in. I agree. I'm not <laughs> as friendly as we say we are. I, I, on a, anyway, interesting. And so you had some conversations with people, yes, who were Democrat leaning or Democrats, but not decided on a uh, right. Well, uh, I had somebody who was for. decided on Pete, and I I just enjoyed having the conversation with people, you know. Most people are afraid or to say canvassing and door knocking is not their favorite thing to do. Mm -hmm. And so even for me, you know, I'm not a shy person. Most people know that about me. So I'm not afraid to go and talk to someone. But I think it's that first knocking on their door and it's their house. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> what is that first reaction going to be? But then, especially if they're, if they want to talk, Mm -hmm. I, I enjoy getting actually into a, a conversation. I think I talked to a, a couple of people for 10 minutes. Wow. Yeah. And so we actually got into a good conversation. And you, I, you and Wes in the home. Well, I was by myself for or a while. Or you split up. Yep. So so Wes was so nice because homes. he's more uh, he's younger and he's more physically fit than I am. So he did two thirds of the list and I did about a third of the list. But but you're kind of watching each other as you work the block. Right. So we had you take these houses, I'll take right. these houses. But um, I had been in there talking so long that he was catching up to me sure. and, and came in and joined the conversation. Uh, but I really like talking about Pete in that way. And the this particular conversation, um, this man was for Amy mm -hmm. and you know I'm from Minnesota our senator. <laughs> our senator you know basically why aren't you supporting her but my my I wasn't there to uh, speak negatively yeah. about Amy right and um, and I, I actually told him well I'm not going to try to convince you I'm not going to try to change your mind because we'd already had yeah so he was pretty settled and I I just wanted him to know why I've felt the way that I did about Pete. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's a really good approach because they're not on the defensive. Yeah. If, you're, if you're approaching it like, I am going to convince you to change your mind Here's right why you now. should do this. They just, you know, put up a brick wall. Mm -hmm. But they were really interested in what I had to say. And the fact that I'd been, that I'd come from Minnesota to like that's, you know, something that, wow, you must really be committed if you came all the way from Minnesota to help. So, On a volunteer basis. Mm -hmm. yeah. So there'll be a lot more of uh, door knocking uh, uh, over Iowa, the Minnesota. And group. phone banking. We did some, 
I forget what you, what you call the, the app or whatever, but I, I call it phone banking here where we did these, those auto. So we did texting. Auto was that texting, the texting yeah, one? what was that system? Text where, banking. Text banking yeah. thing where we you got together with uh, Trish mm -hmm. and David mm -hmm. doing that. And there's more of that here this weekend in Minneapolis. Right, there's phone banking and text banking. So if you don't want to talk oh. on the phone, you can do the text banking. Oh. But the oh. phone banking is is better. And then even the for the 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 crew who from Minnesota, who was going to go down to Mason City today, but there were blizzard warnings yes. and wind chill wind warnings. Chill, very dangerous. So actually, they were able to work off of their uh, door knocking lists. And, and call, call people the people. Instead. And uh, yeah, so what I was seeing happening, they were having some fun saying like, well, it's almost like I'm, I'm walking on, down the street to mm -hmm. the next house. But they, they said there were so many undecided voters still. So it's so, it's so important for and us it, to get out there. It's not that easy, too. Like, how long does it take to get from here to Mason City, which is the northernmost part of Iowa? Two hours. Two-hour drive down the interstate, mm -hmm. and we've just had a blizzard. It's yeah. not, not trivial. Des Moines is four hours away, something like that. Three and a half, yeah. So, so the Minnesota uh, group is focusing on helping Mason City. Right, because it's closest to us. But I hope to have another interview coming up. I don't want to say anything about... Don't want to jinx it? No, I don't want to jinx it. Well, no, I also want it to be a surprise. I have ideas for several more interviews. I just hope that logistically I can make it all happen because I think they are going to be really interesting Are you going to keep people. doing interviews even after the Iowa caucus? Wait a minute. What about Super Tuesday? And Super Tuesday, March Okay, su Super Tuesday. So I'm going to be going gangbusters in until Super Tuesday, and then we'll see, see how that goes. us about uh, uh, Super Tuesday. Are there any states do you know of that are on Super Tuesday, March 3rd? Can you think well, that would be Minnesota. Minnesota uh, is on <laughs> Super Tuesday. We are, for the first time in uh, 28 years, having a presidential primary. And you you just went to training because you're an election judge? election judge in the city of Minneapolis. And the last time Minnesota had a presidential primary was in 1992. And I guess they decided not to do it again. After that, we have the caucus system only. And recently, the state legislator decided to give it a try again so people could express their, their desires for a presidential candidate of either party in the polls on Tuesday, March 3rd. Right. So in your training today, did they have any idea of what to expect as far as numbers? Did they tell yes. you we have nothing to expect? Or oh, we talked about that. <laughs> we talked about why are we doing this? <laughs> you know, why was the last time 1992? What was, what's the expected turnout to be? Uh, what's all this about on the Republican ballot? There will only be Donald Trump. So, and what's all this about having to declare your party? We've never done that before in Minnesota. There's a lot of questions about this. But our state legislature voted to have a presidential primary on Super Tuesday, and so we shall. And we will conduct it, and we are planning for a big turnout. If that doesn't happen, we'll have lots <laughs> of bits of paper left over, but we're, we're planning for a good turnout. And you actually voted 
today. And I voted today, <laughs> yes. Uh, early voting started uh, a few days ago. So since I did my training, I just walked right next door to the early voting center and cast my ballot for... For Pete? Democratic. <laughs> I asked for the Democratic Party ballot, and in so doing had to declare my party affiliation, and then uh, circled in Pete and handed over the ballot. And the ballot itself will be tabulated on or about March 3rd. It goes into a, an envelope and a secure lockbox until then. Well, uh, I've got an early vote, too. And we can have our yard signs up now, Steve. Okay. As of yesterday. They've been sitting in the garage for but, weeks. Well, we, we didn't put, them, put it up yesterday because it was snowing. So. Am I going to have to melt, a, melt the snow or something? Yeah, I don't know. We're going to have to stick it candles. in the snow. Oh, it's going to be nerve-wracking uh, next until Super Tuesday, till after Super Tuesday. But I guess the best way to handle the nerves is to keep busy helping in any way possible. Which you are doing, those, yes. Those We're both phone banking, door knocking. Steak fry. Steak fry. <laughs> we did that already. <laughs> now it's now it's it's January and it's time for door knocking in the bitter cold and phone banking. Well, thanks for interviewing me, Steve. You know, it occurred to me that I did not go into as much detail as I could about why Pete. So I'm just going to have to pepper in more of my... Um, Some people compared to the... What was the the Obama speech? Was that 2000 and The one that he did for the... At a Democratic... The convention. National convention yeah. mm -hmm. when he was senator still. Did that pop into your mind too or... Not so much. Well, the thing about Pete, there's more of a quiet. I always talk about how I can see his soul, and it sounds cliche, but that's the value added about Pete as a candidate because he's a brilliant person and a kind person. Uh, so that kindness and compassion and how he can really relate well with people and the insight that he has Tell for us about people. The rules of the road. You're you were really drawn to that. Rules of the road and service as part of the mm -hmm. whole experience. So when the campaign came out with these rules for the road, for um, really a code of conduct for anybody who's volunteering on the campaign, and also of course the the paid organizers and staffers, and I, I was I was uh, over. Wow, I couldn't believe that a politician, a campaign would actually have something for people to sign on to saying that they were going to be decent people, basically. Um, code of conduct or statement yeah, of ethics. Yeah, and I can't remember them all, but belonging, teamwork, truth, joy, um, substance, excellence. And so basically what it means is, you know what, don't go negative on other candidates. Because... Mm -hmm. Because it really reflects poorly on the candidate, yeah. him or herself. and Even if they're not the ones you know, criticizing, if their followers are being negative, it reflects poorly yes. back on them. Yes. And uh, so there's so much integrity with Pete that it's just amazing. That and uh, thinking of community and bringing people together, inclusiveness and belonging, uh, it's very important for me you've you you love the people you've met and you've only just met them in recent months and you've done some service projects 
And uh, yes, service is, is big for Pete. So um, the Minnesota group, we've done a few service projects. And I know other groups across the country are also doing them. And it's good for us to think beyond ourselves. And it's easy to forget that because we get immersed in our everyday lives. So it's, it's good to be able to, to be reminded of that. I just had another thing that Pete's policies, his policies that have come out, you know, regularly since the summer are so well-researched and well-written and uh, dovetail in um, many things are policies relate to other policies so it's it's like real life you can't really just have well this is healthcare which is separate from you know the economic situation in a country in a a city or a rural area which is separate from mental health which is separate no no a lot of things are interrelated and he's insightful about realizing that and I've noticed now the policies will have links to the other policies that relate. So the immigration policy, when that came out, contains so many things that are that uh, are very bold and like you know what they're here. So let's uh, let's let's um, have a path to citizenship. Let's have you know entrepreneurship. Let's have you know all these wonderful ideas for that would actually address the issues that we have rather than to just say, oh, no, we don't have immigrants here. <laughs> immigrants are famous for, for being hardworking and wanting to run their own business, be productive members of society. Yeah, and Pete knows, you know what, actually, if we think, if we think differently and think that this is uh, Im- immigrants help grow communities and, and, and economies, we think uh, more in yeah. terms like that, which kind of brings me full circle to what drew me to Pete in the first place, the immigration Where issues. can you learn more about these policies, Sue On the website, Pete for America. Everything's there. There's so much there. There's just so much to read up on in videos, and I, I don't even know how to begin i can't i can't actually take it all in but i know there are a lot of people on twitter who have who've read every single word and have watched every video and listened to every and you're a fierce uh, defender of pete when uh people are trying to chip away at him on twitter or oh well where, that's happening wherever. a lot now because he's a threat he's in the uh-huh. top tier and we have to remember the rules of the road yes and just tonight i started an interaction with someone, and it, I was keeping it civil, but it was really starting to annoy me. So I, I Uh-oh. muted, I On muted Twitter? the person. Yes, oh. I think that will continue. Well, we're in for a wild ride for the next how many until Super Tuesday. So hang in there, Steve. Hang in there with uh, my crazy schedule. Thanks for your support and for interviewing me tonight. It's my when pleasure. It's like twenty-three below wind chill outside. I admire what you're doing, and I know that, but for the 20-degree wind chill, you'd be on the road to I'd be somewhere. wherever, Iowa or <laughs> South Bend somewhere. Okay. Well, we, have to, we still have to end the podcast with the, the Go Pete. Okay. Can we, we have to say the cheer, Go Pete. Okay. okay. Ready? One, two, three. Go, Go Pete. Pete! Thanks for listening to Twitter Travels for Pete. 
Everyday people excited about Pete Buttigieg for president. I wonder where I'll be going next. <laughs>